Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hello, everyone. Happy Thursday. How's it going? Happy to be back with you, as always, for another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, breaking down the latest in reality TV and pop culture. Oh, I need a deep breath. When I tell you, my mind is all over the place. My mind is all over the place, and there's no summer house, no New Jersey, no Vanderpump Rules. Well, we do have a little bit of Vanderpump Rules to discuss today. But oh my goodness gracious, has your girl been roaming around the earth like a chicken with its daggone head cut off for the past two weeks? I have been losing every last marble that I have. So let me tell you. You know, my fiance, David, is here. And we'll get into the pop culture of it all in just a second. He, in the past two and a half weeks, has been here, has been to Boise, Idaho, has been to Columbus, and now he's in California. We got home from Columbus from wedding weekend on Monday. Tuesday, he flies to California. My parents, okay, who live about 25 minutes east of me, um, went on a cruise last week, and they have nobody to watch the dog. The dog can't stay at my apartment because my landlord hates animals, I guess. I don't know. So I have been staying at my parents' house 25 minutes east of my real house and about 45 minutes east of where I work at 5 o'clock in the morning, okay? So if you can imagine, I have just been all over God's green earth. I almost, I almost podcasted from my mom's basement today because I feel like I'm going on a world tour. Might as well. First stop, Perry, Ohio. Come on in. Tickets are free. But then I was like, you know, I did extra pop this week for the Patreon and you could hear my dog licking himself the entire time. So I thought I won't put you through that. So I drove from Perry to my house just to record this podcast. As soon as I'm done, I got to go back and get the dog because I also have dog separation anxiety because I know my dog has separation anxiety. Can you tell I'm losing it? I'm losing it. We have a Kravis baby to get to. So let's go ahead and get right into it. Anywho, pop three. Three biggest headlines of the week. I always feel like, you guys, the first two and a half minutes of the podcast is just like word vomit, like blah, blah, blah. Here's my life, guys. What should I do now? We should talk about a Kravis baby. Courtney Kardashian Barker and Travis Barker are having a baby. In case you live under a rock, they announced to the world on Friday that they were expecting their first little rock and roll offspring together. Super excited for them. The video quickly went viral. I mean, I opened my phone on Saturday morning and it was all over the feed. Courtney at a Blink-182 show fell in love with a girl at the rock show holding up a sign that says, Travis, I'm pregnant, a la 
all the small things, music video. At first, people were like, is this how she told Travis? And by people, I mean me, because I thought that at first. Look, we had no context. We had no context on Saturday morning. But then she posted a photo after, you know, she's clearly showing. So everybody kind of connected the dots, put the pieces of the puzzle together. And we're like, oh, her and Travis have known for a little bit of time now that she is a she is with child. And this is how she decided to tell the entire world. I loved it. I cried. I cried actual tears. And you know, I have been off the Kardashians for a while. This is the first story that I'm actually happy about. And I will tell you that I did watch before I knew that Kravis was having a baby. I did watch the last episode of the Kardashians. I haven't watched the entire season three on Hulu yet. Um, but I did watch this one episode because I'm at my parents' house and their Wi-Fi doesn't even work. So I had to literally just find something on TV. Anyways, in this episode, Courtney is m- getting emotional more or less for not being able to enjoy her wedding moment to herself without her sister, Kimberly jumping all over her because, you know, Courtney's wedding was, uh, her dress was made by Dolce and Gabbana. They did all these collaborations. And then like 0.5 seconds later, Kim does a runway show with Dolce and Gabbana. And Courtney's like, why can't Kim just let me be? Why can't Kim just let her be? You know, Courtney pulled this off. Not a sister in sight. Where's Courtney or where's Kim? Where's Chloe? Nowhere. Don't care. Let Courtney have her moment. What about Scott? What about Scott? What about Scott? Isn't it sad that anytime Courtney has big news, people always ask about Scott. And I'm sorry, it's just going to be this way until the end of time. Um, you know, if I was Courtney, I would be equally annoyed with Scott always stealing my thunder and my spotlight as I would be my sister Kim. But anyways, according to reports, Scott has reached out to Courtney to wish her and Travis well after hearing the news the couple is expecting their first child together. Courtney's ex has reportedly been trying to stay on good terms with the couple, obviously, as they share three kids together. Here are my final thoughts on the Kravis baby, the Kravis baby. Do you think... (laughs) Do you think that they waited until Vanderpump Rules was over? To announce this because she is showing and I know it's like, okay, it was the show in Los Angeles. That's where she lives. Yada, yada, yada. But I mean, she's early enough. She could go on a plane anywhere. She could pull this stunt anywhere. But they all knew that Vanderpump Rules had a chokehold on the nation and we wouldn't have cared. If Kourtney Kardashian came out with baby news the same week that the Vanderpump Rules finale came out, would we care? Not as much. Also, baby names. Baby names. I'm thinking like, like, okay, punk rock names like Crash, you know, like a symbol. Or Josie, you're my source of most frustration. First three years, your children is the source of most frustration, right? Maybe if we get a little gal, she'll be named Josie. Anyways, we'll check back in six months time. Oh my God. You know what I just thought of? I said six months time. Can you imagine if we have to live through another 
Kardashian not telling us their baby's freaking name for a year and a half. Why do they do that? Why do they do that? I feel like they did it at first because with Stormy, it was a big deal, but it's like, who cares? Just tell us the freaking baby name already. Okay, let's move on to headline number two, Harry and Megan, their $20 million podcast deal with Spotify. Gone. Okay, a quick recap. In 2020, Harry and Meghan started this production company called Archwell Audio. Okay. They signed an exclusive $20 million deal with Spotify to produce uplifting audio projects. Meghan Markle's podcast, Archetypes, interviewed people like Serena Williams, Mindy Kaling, Mariah Carey. It wasn't their first, you know, big project post. Megxit. I was going to say Brexit, but no, Megxit. But it was the most um I want to say su- substantial in the in the form of longevity, right? Because we had um we had the Oprah interview, we had the Netflix documentary, we have the book, but those kind of taper off, right? I mean, the Oprah interview, maybe like a month worth of publicity. The Netflix documentary, same thing. The book, same thing. But when you sign a $20 million podcast deal for three years, there's some longevity to that, you know? And they're thinking we're we're in the States. We're Calif- Montecito people now. What are we going to do? We're going to start an audio company. We're going to start a production company. We're going to have a podcast because everybody has a podcast. And in two and a half years, into the three-year deal, Megan has released 12 podcast episodes, 12. I honestly don't even know what to think about this. 12 episodes in two and a half, two and a half years. Like that's actively trying not to podcast. You know what I mean? Like, like, let's be honest. When this first came out, I think our first interview was with Serena Williams, and then it was Mindy, and then it was Mariah Carey. You're getting like heavy hitters here. You have all the opportunity in the world to make this successful. So why wasn't it? And it was charting. I mean, when it first came out, it wasn't like nobody was listening to these podcast episodes. They were. So an executive at Spotify, his name is Bill Simmons. He's responsible for podcast innovation and monetization called them lazy grifters. And I don't know much about Harry and Meghan's work ethic. I don't know if they're lazy grifters, but 12 episodes and two and a half years is impressively bad, you know, like impressively bad. So Megan has since been accused of faking her podcast interviews. Industry sources claim that Megan had staff members like her producers on the show conduct the interviews with her guests before audio of her voice was then edited into the final episode. So allegedly it would look something like this podcast producer sits down with Mindy Kaling. So Mindy, how's your life today? And then Mindy would answer. And then later Megan would come in. 
apparently six months later, because these episodes just never came out. And she would then ask the question that the podcast that the producer asked and she and the podcast producer would have to like edit it all together. No wonder they only got 12 episodes out in two and a half years. You can't even interview your own guests. Now, this is alleged. So I don't know if it's true. I do need to go back and listen to it. This isn't the first time that I heard this. I heard this from I have friends that are producers for big shows um not Meghan markle show but another like celebrity that y'all know i'm not gonna like put it out there she was dropping some tea that she heard this too and this was back in the day this was back in year one of two and a half years so wow just absolutely shocking what will they come up with next maybe a documentary about um bill simmons and how he ruined their career at Spotify. I don't know. Maybe. Third and final headline in this week's pop three, Dorit Kemsley from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is being sued by a nurse for allegedly stiffing payments for plastic surgery aftercare. Okay. This one is also a wild ride. What is up with people? Um, anyways, Per court docs via Radar Online, if you've been here a while, you know. I will never say it in any other voice that is not Lisa Vanderpump. So per court docs via Radar Online, a previous nurse named Natalie Vanderstay. Does that not ring some alarms? <laughs> when I first saw this, I was like, is this a real person? Or is this Lisa Vanderbilt talking to Radar Online, trying to slander Dorit a la Puppygate? We are not going back down Puppygate. No, Natalie Vanderstay is a real person and she's suing Dorit for allegedly stiffing her. Natalie is asking that Dorit pay $8,600 in damages. So this is what the nurse said. I'm a private duty nurse. And I provided medical services for Dorit. Dorit had plastic surgery and hired my services for a day in overnight care to monitor and assess her pain and administration of medications and treatments as directed per her physician's orders, as well as address all her medical needs and concerned. concerns. She continued, I submitted an invoice to Dorit after my services were completed and Dorit has refused to pay me. The nurse claims she worked for the star from November 16th to November 20th, and the amount of money was calculated by the hours she worked at her hourly rate, which is $100 an hour. She says she worked 86 hours, which totals to $8,600. Natalie Vanderstay appeared at an April hearing. Dorit did not attend. The woman claimed that legal papers were served to Dorit despite her absence at the hearing. At court, a judge reportedly ordered that Dorit provide Natalie $8,675. So a little, little pay raise. As of now, Natalie is demanding that Dorit show up to court with financial records to assist in figuring out how this debt can be collected. Dorit, just pay her. Just pay her, girl. She looked after you. After he had some type of cosmetic procedure. I mean, we're not going to, I'm not going to speculate because I don't want to be rude, but I mean, Dorit looks like a completely different person. So no shocker there, right? That she's had stuff done, but girl, just pay her, just pay her girl. It ain't that big of a deal. $8,600 to Dorit Kemsley. Sell one of those Fendi outfits 
sell one of those Dior outfits, you'll be good to go. Girl, just pay her, girl. I don't know why I keep saying it like that, but I just want to. Okay, let's move on to our deep dive. Every single week on the Instagram at Morgan P. Talks, I open up the deep dive submissions, the floodgates, if you will. What is it? it that you want to know more about this week. We're doing a Croy and Kim divorce update and it comes from Angelica. Hey Morgan, this is Angelica from Charlotte, North Carolina. Can we please get a Kim and Croy divorce update for the deep dive? It is getting messy and the kids keep posting with him. Please give us all the juice. Love you like a sis. Angelica, I love you like a sis. Let's get into it because yes, it is meh. See, let's think back to when we first started this journey of Kim and Croy's divorce. We were all so sad. We were all so heartbroken. Oh, we were all crying rivers, Justin Timberlake style. And and all of a sudden, the, the script just was flipped. And it has been the wild, wild west over here for the Zodiac Beerman divorce. Literally, as I sat down to write the deep dive, I see that Kim posted what looks like a TMZ photo of her and Croy. And it says, my divorce statement, Lincoln bio. Not the Lincoln bio, Kim. Not the link tree, Kim. <laughs> so what did I do? I clicked the link in her bio. You're welcome, Kimberly. Monetization from yours truly, Morgan PW. Clicking on the link tree took me to her link tree where she reminded me, don't be tardy to the party. And then right under that, a little celebbuzz.com article about her divorce. The headline reads, Kim Zolziak accuses Croy Bierman of lying amid divorce. Just off to a rough start. The link in bio, the link tree, celebbuzz. Celeb buzz in order to get through this article, it wasn't even like a whole article, you know, like top to bottom, like you normally read on E! News. It was like a slideshow. Y'all know what I'm talking about, where every other slide was a sheen advertisement for flip flops. I'm just trying to learn what Kim thinks Croy is lying about. So let's backtrack a little bit before we get into what this particular article says, because it took me about three years to get through it. Um, about a month ago, an article came out from Us Magazine that said Kim and Croy's divorce was getting pretty ugly, that they both wanted to inflict maximum pain on each other, which was a quote. And I'm like, yikes. It does sound like it's getting ugly. Kim moved to have Croy drug, drug tested while Croy requested Kim undergo a psychological evaluation as both move to prove the other is unfit to care for their children. So lawyer Nima Ramani, who's also Sheena Shea's lawyer, um, shared with Us Weekly that in messy divorces, spouses, spouses often try to, you know, inflict maximum pain, get them in the chokehold, stiff arm, pop. Like, what's that thing when the wrestlers are on the top rope and they use their elbow? I don't know. Um, anyways, um, when they fight for custody over children, right? Because it's like they, they're they almost desperate to get the kids. Um, 
However, he says they should take their allegations against each other with caution because it could, you know, ruin people's lives. So then another article came out on June 5th about something that happened on May 4th, which was closer to the time that they filed for divorce. So Kim was allegedly involved in a domestic dispute with Croy last month, May 4th. Police responded to a call and arrived at their Georgia home on that day. And according to the police report, Croy claimed that Kim punched him during an argument over money, but he had no visible injuries and declined medical treatment. Croy chose not to press charges against Kim, despite having a recording of the incident. The police report mentioned that Croy locked Kim's expensive belongings in a safe, intending to sell them to cover Kim's losses from her alleged gambling addiction. Sidebar, we've heard a lot about the gambling addiction lately, like $20,000. Maybe Kim and Dorit can go hit up Vegas when some money Kim can help Dorit pay back her night nurse that helped her get through her nose job. I don't know if she had a nose job. Okay. Don't quote me. I'm just trying to make a funny, ha ha funny. Okay. Anyways, Kim insists that everything in the safe belongs only to her preventing Croy from selling anything. The situation escalated as Croy filed for divorce the following day. So then this week we get this TMZ article, Kim Zolziak and Croy Bierman hate each other in midst of nasty divorce. Sources tell TMZ that the two move forward with their divorce. All lines of communication have broken down and they now only talk to each other through their lawyers. The couple apparently still lives in the same house, but they reportedly stay on their own side of the house. The TMZ source says that the divorce is turning nasty. They hate each other. It's very contentious. Despite that, the girls are staying neutral and not taking sides. Ariana posted a photo of her and Brielle hugging Croy on Father's Day um, with the Instagram story saying, Happy Father's Day. I love you, Croy Bierman. People were confused because at first, remember, Brielle unfollowed Croy. And I was like, the lines are being drawn in the sand. You know, it's all out war when a millennial, a young millennial unfollows you on social media. You might as well be dead to them at that point. But an insider told Us Weekly, quote, everybody knows that Brielle and Kim's bond is unbreakable. So it was natural for her to take her mom's side when they filed for divorce. Brielle was upset initially because her mom was upset. So she unfollowed Croy. After taking some time to take a step back and reevaluate things, Brielle loves her dad too. Croy has been there for her in every way and has shown her nothing but love since he came into her life. So Brielle decided to refollow him because she's not going to take sides in her parents' separation. She loves them both. Okay. Back to the link tree. So this was the article that I had to do a slideshow to get through. And some of this is going to reference that fight that I had previously mentioned, but this gives a little more detail. Although to be completely honest with you, I don't know how reliable the celeb buzz article is. I just felt like I was getting scammed just by staring at the computer, you know, like they're just taking my money. I don't know how, or they were gathering all my personal information off my laptop as I was trying to slide through. Okay. So According to the Celeb Buzz article, Kim told Milton Police Department officers that her husband locked her passport, her jewelry, and designer handbags and hid the key from her. 
According to Kim, these belongings were premarital assets that were worth $175,000. Croy claimed that the items were marital property and that he intended to sell them to pay some of their bills. It's unclear why this would include her passport. Light risk? No, I'm just kidding. Croy went on to tell the police that his wife has a gambling problem. And recently lost a lot of money. He also mentioned that they were talking about separation or divorce. The cops had Croy take them to the basement and open the safe where only some of Kim's claims were proven true. There were assorted valuables inside, but no purses locked up, locked up, up in there. So he alleged again, like I said before, that Kim punched him in the back of the head. And when they were arguing over her possessions. Croy declined medical attention. I already told you that he had no visible injuries. Um, he said he is said to have provided a recording of the reported incident, but did not press charges. So that was all the backstory on celebbuzz.com. And then now Kim is defending herself in a recent comment to TMZ via her lawyer, David Beaudry, I think is how you say it. And yes, you have to say it like that. Quote, The emotional and mental abuse Kim has suffered from this man for so many years has taken a toll on her and most heartbreakingly, their children. Kim has always been extremely devoted mother to her children. They are her entire world and she is always there to love and support them every step of the way. She refuses to allow Croy to paint her as something she is not for his own gain. Kim looks forward to the day we can appear in court and solve these issues once and for all. Sources have told Page Six that the couple was dealing with money problems for a while. In the divorce filings, each of them have requested that the other party pay spousal support. Yikes on bikes, right? Like, wow, this really did take a turn. It really is quite tumultuous. And they really do hate each other. I mean, one thing that will ruin a marriage quick besides infidelity, that's not a word. That's not a word. Infidelity is money issues. I mean, I'm not married yet, but everything that I read and see online is that most couples do fight about money. And if somebody has a serious gambling problem, that's an issue. Obviously, there's a lot of allegations coming out now about both physical and emotional abuse. I really hope that's not true, but wow, just what a... What a shocking turn that this has all taken to, to think back to day one when we were all so shocked that this happened to now all the, the gruesome details. And it's interesting, you know, because they say the girls don't want to take sides. But I feel like once all this information comes out, like, and it it is proven true or not true, they're going to feel some type of way, whether it's about Croy or whether it's about Kim. So TBD on that. We'll keep you updated as stuff rolls in. But final thoughts. This was going to go in the pop three, but I have a little bit more to say about it. So Faith Stowers is starting a GoFundMe to sue Stassi Schroeder. So y'all remember Faith. Everyone remember when Jack's Faith, you know, kid friendly, not going to say what DJ James Kennedy actually said. So obviously we remember the whole ordeal between Faith and Stassi um, that got Stassi and Kristen fired. You know, they did something really bad. There were repercussions for that. So there has been a GoFundMe page launched on Sunday 
Faith claimed that Stasi made more terrible, non-factual, and ignorant claims about her in her April 2022 book, Off With My Head, The Definitive Basic B Handbook to Surviving Rock Bottom, which Stasi wrote, you know, after her infamous termination from Vanderpump Rules. Bravo fired Stasi. Let's just recap. Bravo fired Stassi and Kristen in June of 2020 after they came under fire for calling the cops on Faith, the series' only black cast member in 2018. So according to Stassi and Kristen, they explained that they read an article about a black woman who they believed looked like Faith due to descriptions of her tattoos. Uh, according to Stasi, there were rumors in her friend group about Faith stealing from other people. Um, and so Stasi says in an April interview that they acted on gossip and phoned the police, trying to tip them off, saying this might be Faith, which is terrible. I mean, according to Faith, she was racially and publicly targeted and mercilessly verbally attacked by. Stasi and Kristen. She also accused them of using their privilege and celebrity to tear her down at a very sad time in both her life and the country. Now, here's where this gets interesting because, you know, this this happened in 2020. It is now 2023. I'm not saying that that makes it right or or wrong. You know, it's just it's been a while since we've heard about this story. And in my opinion, I thought we were you know, done with it. I thought we had put it to bed. Everyone seemed to have moved on. Um, and even Faith made sure to know in this GoFundMe that she has since been vindicated after being wrongfully accused of horrendous crimes, but she's now upset that Stasi talks about it in her book. Faith says she continues to stand by her ignorant claims that are very harmful to me and my family, um, and that she is seeking assistance to the tune of $20,000 to get this book removed. She also said she has plans to ensure that all royalties and funds collected from this book be given to charity or assisting a family of choice. My first question is, and this is like not important, but would $20,000 get the book removed? Seems kind of low. It's a New York Times bestseller. I would assume it would cost more than $20,000 to get the book removed, but I don't have a daggone clue. I think a lot of people are asking the question, why now? It's been over a year since Stasi has published this book. Um, it's been about a year and three months. Now, I got to be completely honest with you. I have not read Stasi's book, so I'm not really going to get into the nitty gritty about what Stasi said or what Stasi didn't say. But I think a lot of people are thinking that everyone is cashing in on Scandaval, including now Faith for this time around. The attention that this scandal has brought everyone, even the ghosts of Vanderpump past. Faith is significant. I mean, Jackson Brittany's podcast is number two on the TV and film charts. And guess who's number one? Lala Kent. Okay. Lala paid a deposit on a house with her send it to Daryl Merch. Right before I came on to record this week's episode, somebody else sent me, she's coming out with Daryl University merch. So these people are just making absolute bank off of these. And even, you know, our friend Susanna um, from Pop Culture Data and Bachelor Data, she was talking about all the gains these people have have gained, you know, on social media and monetarily. Ariana gained over 600,000 followers. 
Raquel gained, you know, 130,000 followers. Tom Sandoval gained uh, 30,000 followers. Lala is like the number one followed person on Vanderpump Rules. And I, I think we can all agree, like what Stassi and Kristen did was so wrong. And they should learn from that mistake. They should apologize for it. And they should move forward. I think a lot of people just have an issue with the timing of this. It's like, you know, in one breath, Faith says that she has since been vindicated. And then in the, another breath, she is asking other people to give her money to sue Stasi. You know, it's just like now of all time, the scan of all. It's like, gosh, is this ever going to end? Probably not. Probably not. I don't know what's going on with Vanderpump Rules right now. We haven't really heard any updates. You know, Alex Baskin, executive producer, said they needed to take a minute after filming. I think Raquel is still in the mental facility. See, it's like, what do we talk about when Vanderpump Rules isn't popping off? It's popping off, even for Faith, a million and a half years later. All right, you guys. Thank you again for hanging out another episode of MPT. If you love me like a sis, leave a review because you know I do. I love you like a sis. So it would help your girl a lot if you could just leave a little five-star, a little boop, boop. Takes five seconds if you want to write a little L-Y-L. A-S. Yep. That's how you spell it. If not, see ya for the Bachelor Brain Dump on Friday. We are gearing up towards charity season. If you want to subscribe to Patreon, it's only $3 and you get four Bachelor-specific podcast episodes a month, sometimes five. Sometimes a bonus pop a batch when there's five weeks in a month. I'm just a working girl because, you know, for the people by the people. See you later. Have a great week. And as always, love you like a sis. A Huda Media Production.